Welcome to It's Giving Sauce, the podcast where the line between the intriguing and the unsettling is blurred. Every episode, we dive deep into the world of true crime and scandals, bringing you the most suspicious and jaw-dropping stories from around the world. There's so much crazy stuff going on, and we need to talk about all of it. Bizarre happenings, scams, cults, crimes, or controversial figures, we're here to dissect it all. Nothing is off limits. Join us as we unpack and comprehend this week's story. Remember, if it's giving sus, stay curious and stay skeptical. Warning. This episode contains discussion of extremely sensitive topics. Please check the show notes for more details before proceeding. Please take caution when listening. The Natalia Grace story involves complex and conflicting details that have led to significant public debate and legal intrigue. Natalia Grace is a Ukrainian-born individual with a rare form of dwarfism known as spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia congenita, or SEDC. Natalia was adopted by Michael and Christine Barnett in late 2010. At the time of adoption, she was believed to be a six-year-old child, as indicated by her Ukrainian birth certificate dated September 4, 2003. However, the Barnetts soon suspected that Natalia was older than her stated age. Conflicting medical tests added to the uncertainty. For instance, a family doctor ordered a bone test in 2010 that suggested Natalia could be at least 14 years old, while a separate test in 2012 indicated she was around 11. Additionally, a physician at Peyton Manning Children's Hospital in Indiana assessed her age to be around 8 years old in 2010. In 2012, the Barnetts successfully petitioned an Indiana court to change Natalia's legal age, shifting her birth year from 2003 to 1989, which made her legally an adult at the time. This change in legal status was significant as it affected Natalia's dependence on the Barnetts. The situation escalated when, in 2013, the Barnetts moved to Canada, leaving Natalia in an apartment in Lafayette, Indiana. This led to charges against them in 2019 for neglect. However, Michael Barnett was cleared of all charges in October 2022, and the charges against Christine were dismissed in March 2023. Natalia Grace's story drew significant attention, with various accounts and interpretations. Christine Barnett accused Natalia of exhibiting antisocial and violent behaviors, including threats of violence against the family. In contrast, Natalia has consistently maintained that she was a child at the time of her adoption. She has refuted allegations of deceit or harmful behavior. A recent development in the case includes DNA testing that suggested Natalia was closer to 22 years old, aligning more with her claim than the Barnett's allegations. Since the Barnett's departure, Natalia was informally taken in by another Indiana couple, Antoine and Cynthia Manns, who attempted to legally adopt her. The Manns family has not reported experiencing any deceptive or aggressive behavior from Natalia. The case of Natalia Grace raises numerous questions about the adoption process, the determination of age in legal contexts, and the challenges faced by individuals with rare medical conditions. The case became a topic of public fascination, with people divided over whom to believe. Some sympathized with the Barnetts, viewing them as victims of a sophisticated deception, 
while others saw Natalia as a vulnerable child abandoned by her adoptive parents. There was no definitive resolution to the case, with ongoing debates about Natalia's true age and the ethics of the Barnett's actions. Back again! Yay! Natalia <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Natalia Grace, the never-ending rabbit hole of stories. I just rewatched episodes three through six while I was getting ready today, and we originally thought we would touch on this just a little bit, but honestly, there's so much. I have like a whole like thesis essay on <laughs> notes from those three episodes, which were essentially about. Michael Barnett, the adoptive father of Natalia Grace. And that's when we start hearing from Jacob a little bit as well. The brother, boy genius, cured of autism from his mother, Christine Barnett. And um, and then it goes into his court case. And that's kind of how uh, it wraps up season one. So I took a few notes of like the crazy shit that stood out to me this week. We left off where they had dropped Natalia off at her new apartment, which was the two-story building in Lafayette. And the man's family has uh, seen Natalia and started helping her out, essentially taking her in at this time. And that's Cynthia and Anton Manns. And we'll get into them more in season two when we find out a little bit more about the man's family. The series shifts from that to focusing back on Michael. His story pretty much starts with him leaving Canada with his wife, Christine, and their three boys to come back to the U.S. because Christine basically told him, like, get out of here. So he leaves, goes back to Indiana. Once he gets back to the U.S. and Natalia is with the man's family, Cynthia, the mom, she gets on the phone with Christine and they just start going at it. And Christine's basically like, that's my daughter, like, you, blah, 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 blah. From then, I believe a report was made to the police and the police go and talk to Michael at Michael's home. Oh God, he said this really weird thing. He was like, the cops like, calm down, Michael. I'm not going to arrest you today. And Michael's like, can you take like the yet part out of it? Like, am I getting arrested at all? And the cops like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just can we go talk <laughs> somewhere? Here's the clip from an interview with Michael Barnett from police detective Brandon Davenport made on September 5th, 2019. What would have happened if you wouldn't have gone along with Natalia being able to Oh my God. I would have lost my kids then. That's for sure. Never see my kids again. Kicked out of my house. And she would have done what she did. I mean, she did it. You say that Christina was a master manipulator. What if I told you Natalia has never had a period? I'd be stunned. What if I told you that Natalia really just started developing breasts a year ago? I mean, we got doctors telling me she's an adult. You all seem to know what you're doing. Um, the truth, I feel, with all the research that I've done, you've been told a certain story. A lot of people have been told a certain story. The truth is that Natalia really isn't that old. I think in your heart, know that it was wrong these last three episodes is michael's retelling of the story and through the viewer's perspective we see michael just spiraling through this process what's your current opinion of michael barnett because i'll tell you mine after but 
I think my feelings have changed a little bit since rewatching. A liar. I think he's a coward. I think he, but I, at the same time, I think he was victimized by his wife. At the same time, he's real sketchy. He's got a real sketchy feel to him. Like, I don't really trust him when he does the weird, like, and like, he like loses his shit like that. Like, it's he real does. weird. It's real, it's real weird and plays the victim, but like, can't take any accountability. I, it's just a very weird person. Yeah, his maybe it's like his social cues are a little bit different or like my man is unpredictable to say the fucking least. When they sit down, Natalia sits down with him for a second in like the second season, he's like, she's like, what are we doing here, Michael? And he's like, well, philosophically, I don't know. And I'm like, what? Yeah. like what? Like, you know, that's not what she meant. Like, what kind of response is that? Like, who says yeah. that type of shit? You're like, okay. 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 <laughs> like. Oh my God, I cannot cool wait to get into the first couple episodes of season two because like, ah, it's just what the fuck, oh, what the fuck. <laughs> so rewatching this this morning, I'm like hearing Michael's story from his perspective. We have not heard anything from Natalia yet and we still don't even know Natalia's age. So. Right here, right now, after watching those. Okay, I do have a confession though. I wasn't watching, I was listening. So maybe because I wasn't looking at his dramatic ass actions that I'm feeling this way, but okay. I almost feel a drop of empathy for him. I feel like I can empathize too with him, especially if he was a victim of the situation as well, which, I mean, let's be honest, he doesn't seem like a person that's going to stand up for themselves. Right. Right. It's, and I, I have some notes on this. So this is good. Yeah. I don't know. He's just a very interesting human being. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yes, interesting to say. And and again, my feelings are probably going to change rewatching season two again. And now we know that Natalia is out on social media doing her world tour on TikTok, on Instagram. She's not doing her world tour. I was projecting Gypsy Rose for some reason, but she's out here. She's talking. She's like doing her thing. And it's cool to see like her just being like her age and like doing shit that people her age on TikTok do with songs and like get ready with me. It's really cute. It's, it's really cool to see that. The first thing that Michael Barnett says to the police when they ask, why did you guys drop Natalia off in Lafayette? And he goes, well, I, you know, I'm just gonna be completely honest and transparent here. Um, Christine said that it was a white trash neighborhood and everyone there is white trash and that's why Natalia will fit in. Yeah, that was his answer for that. Um, so Thick. you basically were saying- Thick answer. That yeah, like he basically was saying that you threw the trash out with the trash. The interviews go on to Jacob and Jacob isn't really too forthcoming. He even says himself, I'm not saying a lot because I am in a sense protecting my mother. 
And then he tries to shut down a little bit. He's like, I'm done talking about this. I'm done. I'm not comfortable. I don't want to say anything else because the, the producer goes in and says, well, do you think that speaking up and telling the truth might help get justice for a little girl who was mistreated? And he's like, I'm just, I'm not comfortable talking about that. Jacob really shuts down at that point. And at the end of his interview, he has a hot mic moment. Do you remember that? Is that with the stairs? Yep. Okay, yes. So uh, after the interview, Jacob goes upstairs and talks to his father, Michael, and he doesn't know that he still has his mic on. And some of the things that they were saying were, what did you tell him about? And Michael Barnett says, I told them the full truth and didn't hold anything back. And then it comes out where someone says, we're not going to tell them about the kicking down the stairs. And I don't know if that was Michael. I don't know if that was Jacob who did the kicking, but it was loud and clear that we're not going to talk about the kicking down the stairs, which is just absolutely fucking disgusting. They also spoke about the statute of limitations and uh, Jacob not being able to be subpoenaed because he was a minor. They've clearly looked into some of these legal uh, terms and different stuff within their state of what may happen or may not happen, probably to help protect themselves. Another thing that I remembered was Jacob during the interview, I'm not sure if it was the dad or Jacob, but they had admitted that Christine made Jacob urinate on all of Natalia's belongings. And Michael goes into this on how Christine would use the other children to abuse Natalia, probably to deflect some of that uh, responsibility and abuse, but have her kids do it because that's an easier excusable thing like kids will be kids or or whatever but they talked a lot about making natalia stand on the wall for eight hours and just really really continuing that abuse to get the truth of her age out of her yeah absolutely crazy i mean like you said kids aren't going to get in trouble they're going to listen to their parents when their parents tell them like oh don't say anything about this because that's their parent they're going to listen yeah and if the parent tells them it's okay they're going to think it's okay right and if they've seen christine be violent to natalia they're going to have some of that fear within themselves as well um that that could happen to them and maybe she was even using natalia as an example at some point i don't know michael barnett goes on to say how much christine really destroyed him and i think this is what maybe has shifted my perspective in this moment is all of the different things that she used against michael to hold power and to control him so maybe that helped my brain wrap around why michael was complicit in some of this stuff and by no means am i excusing him i think it's just a way for me on a human level to maybe understand how somebody could let these things happen to natalia and himself michael's mom was interviewed she asked christine to get off the chair while she was changing a light bulb and she was due to give birth the next day and she was like get off the the chair like why are you doing that and i guess christine like yelled at her kicked her out of the house and like cut off all contact and said that michael's mom hit her hit christine okay 
So she's like clearly really good at making up these narratives to get what she wants or get people out of her life. Manipulation, for sure. Michael Barnett touched on with Christine's power dynamic and control over him was how she would use sex and her body to manipulate him into doing things like sending him nudes, being like, sign these papers or don't testify me against me in court or give me full custody. And he did it. It just seems very much so that Michael was easily manipulated by his wife. I feel like he was completely in love with her. Another thing that he talked about was she would constantly drill it into his head that she's the good looking one and he's the ugly one and he's going to have a hard time ever finding somebody as good as her or being with somebody better than her or whatever. I was thinking like she kind of did hold the power because she could take the kids. She had that book deal, meaning the 500K or however much it was. And then, and the sex, and then Michael discloses that he became addicted to pornography because of his lack of intimacy with his wife. And then she would use that against him too. So she had all five of those things stacked up against Michael Barnett to use against him. And she did every single one of those fucking things. I think like the craziest part of it is like using the kids. And she would say stuff to the kids like, your dad's going to kill you and I'm here to protect you. Do you remember that? I, yep. Crazy. She made her kids afraid of their own dad. And then I think she even got like protection orders so he couldn't come back to Canada. But I guess he has like a domestic violence in his past record, right? I think so. Or something in his past. I remember was they were like driving and Christine was like, just going at him, going out and going at him. And he basically was like, I will like crash this car and kill us all right now kind of situation. So then she's, she was recording because that's what she does. She sets the fucking scene and then records people to get them in their bad spot. And then was like, see kids, your dad said he's going to kill us all. Crazy. Yeah. So totally sets the fucking scene and then just uses that against him for the rest of his life. So, Boom. right, 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 exactly. Just like, that's called like, not even clickbait, but just like clipping out of context and being like, see, he said he's going to kill us. Yeah. He's insane. like literally reciting a script from like a play he's about to be in. And she's like, look. he's Look what he said. Yeah. Which like, it's not that hard to frame Michael Barnett as a psychopath or sociopath he does a pretty good job of that on his own (laughs) so the extra efforts are just wild um during this whole like separation michael's back in indiana christine's in canada she's manipulating him with nudes to get what she wants we find out that christine is not tech savvy and this had me cracking up so she it's a leaked phone call And she's like, I know you've been stalking me. You've been going on my Spotify account. And he's like, Christine, do you know what Spotify is? And she's like, well, no. And he's like, it's like Pandora. It's a music app. What are you talking about? And she just didn't say shit. But (laughs) if 
he goes on to uh, also say that they were using um, a Dropbox account during their separation. So when she would take pictures or videos of the kids, it would automatically go to that Dropbox so that Michael could see the kids and all their correspondence would be documented. Sooner than later, other kind of messages start popping up in this Dropbox. And it's just full nudes and dates and just the whole everything that you wouldn't want to see your partner doing. Just getting sent right to him. She might as well have just sent it straight to his phone at that point. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, what a dummy. I, I also wanted to mention that, like, the production and, and the producers and the scripted aspects perhaps might be there in this story because it is on Discovery Plus and they are making more of like a series out of it. So the production does different stuff where it may make Michael seem more creepy than he is or other people too. Like they'll do things like zoom in on somebody's like fingernails, like <laughs> just to like amplify and get the vibe across that like, <laughs> This is sketchy. And then one scene with Michael, he was like swinging a baseball bat in the backyard like the day before his trial. You know, they just didn't need to put him in that light. It wasn't like he was sitting in the like playing, <laughs> playing with a bunch of puppies. Like they literally filmed my guy just like swing practicing. And then he throws the bat. <laughs> he throws it in the air in the backyard. And then when he's walking away, he's like, sorry, I'm a thrower when I get mad, you know, and then it's like cut scene. So it, there's a lot of like, I put in my notes that I wanted to, I want to see who Michael Barnett is before this or outside of this filming. Like, I just want to see like an inner regular ass interview family video. So I can like understand, is this a character? Is this a scripted thing? Are they just getting all the bad angles of this guy? Um, <laughs> great editing you know yeah just fire editing and i said that from the first one i was like the way that they were able to tell this story and really convey like all of these messages without saying the quiet part out loud like they did that shit and then flipped it upside down because we were on the edge of our seats the entire time we don't know what to believe is she a kid is she an adult it's a cliffhanger at the end too so yeah so I just wanted to throw that note in there that we could have some master editing here, um, but that doesn't cut Michael Barnett any slack for his lack of action when somebody in need was being abused. Right. I think that's my biggest issue in, in the second season is that the accountability, you know, just and we'll get into it. Yeah, his family seems normal. He after two years after the divorce, he did meet another woman who was with him. She seemed nice and she was there with him through the trial. I think he was at like his cousin's house or, or relative's house this whole time. And, and they seem to be normal and, and really very concerned for Michael. He also mentions that uh, he had a, a recent attempt and that was his third one. The previous one was 18 years before. so. It, Michael maybe has some shit going on. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Probably has some shit. <laughs> I'm not a fucking doctor, but like, <laughs> what are the odds? Maybe you know? he should see one, you know? Maybe. Oh. Well, that's all Christine probably tried to cure him now that I'm thinking of it. Christine was probably like, I got this. I can fix Bet. that. 
<laughs> I can fix that. Enter the meme. I will enter it here. You look lonely. I can fix that. I could fix that. Christine looking at Michael. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. And so... Christine's like the kissing Kate bitch. She's just taking them all out around her. Who? She's the kissing Kate bitch. She just kills them all after. Kissing Kate? Yeah, that's her nickname in the Holes movie. Oh, in Holes? I didn't know we were talking about Holes. The I, I Can Fix That is from Holes. I love Holes. It That's from Holes. When it's, wait, but Kissing Kate didn't say that. No, the guy says it to her, right? But no, the the guy, the whole the the when they go back in time, the guy says it to the girl that he likes, the school teacher. Yeah, and she turns into kissing Kate. She goes on like a murderous rampage because they kill him. Oh my god, I need to watch Holes. You need to watch Holes. I actually watched it a couple weeks ago. (laughs) I could cry right now just because that was literally like the first book I ever read in my life, and then the movie was just so fucking good and yeah. the whole story the whole 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 story is so good it's, it's so, so good. good all the holes so many holes oh my god <laughs> i like forgot that existed now yeah. i'm so much more emotional hearing that meme <laughs> I can fix who that. Did that who did that i don't now- know oh my god <laughs> i can't dude anyways i'm so excited <laughs> I'm so excited to watch Holes. <laughs> I know. I can't can't wait to hear I could fix that. <laughs> yeah, so uh she said I could fix that about <laughs> Michael, maybe. We're speculating here, but that's what we thought she was gonna do with Natalia, and that's what she did with <laughs> her son with autism. So maybe that's how they connected. Some other interesting stuff came out when i rewatched, the investigator tells the doctor that it is possible that the barnett's will try to blame it on you his name is dr mclaren and he basically says uh is that what they're doing like is that gonna be like the deal the investigator says it's a big possibility because you're the one who signed off on this shit you're the one who said the age and this is your name there was no hearing they just went to the court and they were like okay she's re-aged so it was interesting to hear him i did see he spoke out recently like three days ago on a youtube or a podcast or something so i do want to watch that but at that time it is a deposition with the defense attorney and the da they let us know at that time that the court has ruled during michael's trial they cannot disclose that natalia is a child at all in front of this jury they will go to court on Michael's two counts of child abuse and neglect, they cannot say, they can only say Natalia's age, which is on paper, saying that she was an, an adult. So that's like case closed. Because if this jury knew that this was a child or that they had re-aged her or any of these things, different Michael story. would be guilty. Yep. Exactly. But the case was Michael Barnett, has he abandoned his 22-year-old daughter? That was the case. The last two episodes really go into depth into the trial. Before the trial happens, the investigators go to Ukraine and they go and find Natalia's mother. They gave a DNA test. It's 100%. Yes, this is her mother. 
if Natalia is the age that the courts say she is and the Barnett's say that she is, the mother would have been 10 years old when she gave birth to Natalia. Which I'm pretty sure isn't possible unless I mean, you've hit puberty by then, which yeah, some, some girls do, but. Didn't the mom have other kids who were older than Natalia already? Like she already had two or three kids. I Did thought she? for some reason, Natalia was like the third child. Oh my God. So what? She had the kids when she was seven, eight, nine, and then 10, just pumping them out. Like, no, absolutely not. That is not what happened. Crazy. <sighs> the trial comes. The trial comes. They have been uh, discovering information to build up this case. And the court rules that they cannot disclose that Natalia was anything but an adult. They can't say she was re-aged. They can't call her a child. They can only, and they can't say adult either. So they can only say person or human or individual, which is just this really weird dynamic. During the doctor's deposition, Dr. McLaren, he kind of claps back. What's so funny? What are you laughing at? I don't know, at? Dr. McLaren. It just sounds fake. Sorry. I know. Am I? Maybe I'm just, saying it wrong. No, I think No, it's you're McLaren. probably right. It's I think, just fucking just funny. I know. Sounds like a fake-ass doctor, you know? <laughs> I know. And they had text messages in the episodes before saying like when they got the re-aging paper, they were like, oh, Mac Dr. McLaren's the best. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. They were all like between Thank Michael you. and Christine. They were all like hyped about it. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So Dr. fucking McLaren, what is he a fucking chiropractor? No disrespect. But what kind of doctor are we talking? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what kind of doctorate do we have? But is this uh, the same doctor that says, uh, that what's his face is scared of autism? Same doctor in, the, pa in the Peyton Manning hospital? Probably Peyton. It was probably Peyton McLaren Manning at this point. <laughs> like, the script does flip a little bit though, because while they are doing the deposition of Dr. McLaren, <laughs> they kind of position him like, well, the Barnett's can say that this is all on you and you could be held liable, right? So he's like, well, these x-rays show that her growth plates were still there, meaning she was a child and she was still growing, not an adult who wouldn't have those, those growth plates. The defense was told him to stop. He said, doctor, that's not what I'm asking you. And he just shuts that whole concept down. And Dr. McLaren claps back and he says, so what I'm hearing is that you guys don't actually want to talk about the truth. And then they get like all heated and back and forth. It's like this whole thing. Um, and that's pretty much all that we hear from Dr. McLaren at that time. But the weirdest part to me is like you signed off on this. Yeah, Christine probably never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> she did an act of uh of service. goods and services. <laughs> yeah. So fucked up, but he needs to be held responsible. Also, the court, like you can't just take one little Dr. McLaren chiropractor. He's not a chiropractor. I don't know. I'm saying that to the court Being and be Manning like, literally like touchdown. She's fucking an adult, like no proof, no hearing. Natalia wasn't even there. She's they had her in the psych hospital. Just get her re-aged, get her out in the world, then put her in a halfway house as a 22 year old. Disgusting. That's all we hear from Dr. McLaren at that time. And then they really go into the preparation for the trial. And they're in the offices with Michael's three attorneys. And they're 
giving him plan of action and the prep talks. And I made some notes on that because I'm such a nerd about the process behind the courts. And that's what I wanted to go to school for. So I'm like such a nerd about all the legal stuff. Michael's attorneys ask him, how do you feel about Natalia? And he says, she's a human. She's the same skin. She's whatever. And they're like, weird ass answer. Yeah, wrongo. <laughs> like, not what you want to say on the stand. They're like, I didn't hear you say that you love her. And he's like, well, you didn't hear it. You know, I didn't like, say it for a reason. <laughs> so bad. She's clearly a point of like a lot of downfall and turmoil in Michael's life, the Christine stuff, and then all of these now like court proceedings, him not being able to see his own kids, even though he might not love Natalia, there, there might be some point of like Natalia is a figure for all these bad things that have happened. And it could be an, an editing thing, but um, just a note there of like, probably not what you want to say. Um, and I think um, he even blames her. He says something like, yeah, well, I blame you for like the downfall of my marriage, essentially. I'm like, sure, he blames her in some way as well. Because again, no accountability on his part. Exactly. He can't take he can't take accountability for his own actions and the fact that he essentially let all this happen. I mean, he stood by yeah. and watched all this happen. So. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So maybe there's some projection towards her, you know, and maybe he didn't love her. Like maybe yeah. he adopted the kid and the, he didn't love her. I don't know. Michael's attorneys make it very clear that you are here to say my 22 year old daughter. Natalia is my 22 year old daughter. And that is like the big driving force. Like you don't need to say she's a human. You don't need to say there's the same skin or whatever. She's my daughter, my 22 year old daughter, not just my daughter. She's my 22 year old daughter. And just really, really make sure really? that the, just get it in there. Drive it home. Again. A couple other notes that his attorneys tell him, um, smile smile while you're there in the courthouse and they're practicing his smile right and he's he's michael barnett <laughs> so she's so sent right now because she knows <laughs> the scene sticks out to me because my god they're in the attorney's office and they're like you need to when you're there you need to smile and he's like they're like no a little bit less <laughs> bring it down a little bit he's just like like what have you never smiled before my man no like, and but if you told michael barnett to like be sad or upset he'd be like the exaggeration like, Ooh. <laughs> like he is the most theatrical dramatic individual i've ever met in my entire life so by far just be neutral and he and my michael goes on to say he's like it is my job to sit there and be an innocent man <laughs> because that's what i am okay mike like, okay okay bud they also talk about the ideal jury for this case they wanted middle class educated folks who would um like michael and like his attorney so i don't know like a bunch of like clowns <laughs> <laughs> theater kids like, i don't know who would like this man but okay more information comes out about the discovery process. So that's, you know, the courts going through all this evidence, getting access into people's phones, emails, and Facebook. So they get access to Christine's Facebook account and holy shit. Michael had to sort through all of it too to help the attorneys like oh no pick evidence. And there was just multiple 
God bless you. Thank you. I tried to mute before it happened. It was like, and then cut off. It was perfect. (laughs) Okay, perfect. You did great. Uh, During the discovery, (laughs) Meg's allergic to the discovery process. I don't know what the fuck. Okay, sorry. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Um, so the discovery process, they, um, they get Christine's fucking Facebook messages. She's allergic to bullshit. <laughs> I need to hit my vape. I'm allergic to lying. <laughs> We're like, well, I'm just making a short episode. Nice, easy editing. 17 <laughs> sneezes and holes later. You good? good? Yeah, I think I'm good. It went away. Holy shit. All that ketamine. Yep. All the K-holes I'm going down, you know? <laughs> Speaking of holes, I could fix that. <laughs> I could fix those holes. Oh my god! Ugh, solid ten out of ten movie. All right, so um, the fucking I'm scared to say it because you're gonna sneeze again. I feel like I should just skip <laughs> this part. No, go ahead. <laughs> the discovery process. They get access to Christine's Facebook, and let me tell you, the fucking tea was fucking spilled straight in Michael's fucking face, piping hot. He has a meltdown, and that's another reason I was like, I want to see Michael before because ma- like this shit that is he's seen and experienced, maybe has pushed him to the point of fucking pure insanity, like right. truly. So they find out a couple of things. Two of them stood out to me. Christine had a daycare and there was a man who had their child went there and they ended up having a relationship and being intimate and the man was wanting to do threesomes with Christine and his wife and was like Christine will you reach out to my wife about getting getting busy together (laughs) yeah they didn't go much further into detail but free child care yeah, exactly. Childcare, I'll fix your kid's autism, just bang it out. In Michael's home, in Michael and Christine's home, while there was children there, like, while he was at work, just nothing anybody wants to see ever in their face. Um, that That's what their wife was doing, right? Oh Another God. little incident happened with the handyman who was helping fix stuff at the house. The handyman and Christine went to a McDonald's parking lot to do the deed, leaving the fucking kids at home. This is like every start to a porn ever when like the handyman comes over. Let's go get a Big Mac. Let's let can I fix your pipe? Literally. Yeah. And like the mom of the daycare and then the dad and they like the whole thing. It's a whole fantasy. And Michael Barnett is just probably like, it's literal thirteenth reason. Yeah, and I think that's when he was talking about like maybe that was the time when he was having those feelings because he's now seeing all of this shit. hasn't seen his kids in six fucking years. His little as like a murderer, like yeah, yeah. yeah, And she's out banging the fuck, banging Ronald McDonald at the fucking McDonald's. You know, like the fuck, Christine leaving her young at a daycare of other people's kids other people do you just go in the daycare bathroom at that point at least you're there (laughs) the mcdonald's drive-through in this guy's like what handyman van kidnap van with the ladder on top and all you get it you get the windows (laughs) yeah it's kind of ideal truly (sighs) 
Okay, so those were found in the discovery process. Michael loses his mind, hysterics, crying on the floor, bawling, sobbing, Michael burnetting all the way to the fucking courthouse, right? They go to trial. They can't say that Natalia's 22. They can only say, or, or a child, they can only say, did Michael Barnett abandon his disabled 22-year-old daughter? That's what the case is. They present the evidence. Natalia testifies. They show videos of Natalia running around, dragging in the trash can, which they thought, because remember we talked about that, and I think I might have showed a clip of it, her pulling in that trash can that didn't have wheels when they dropped her off at nine years old as an apartment by herself before she was in Lafayette. Yeah, that one. They used that against her, saying, see, she can do that. Got it this. doesn't even have wheels. Craziness, dude. Excuse me? No, 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 no. They play these in the court and they're like, see, she's able to do these things. That's why my client, Mr. Michael Barnett, they drop her off and they're like, she's good. She could do all these things. She's fine. She's fine. Why are you guys being ableist? You know, <laughs> like just a whole, whole, like what? Oh, okay. The verdict comes back probably less than two hours later. And Michael is innocent on all counts and all charges. And it, it's dropped and he walks out of the courthouse and gets in his Uber. There's this whole dramatic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> Correct. Mm -hmm. Before Michael leaves that courthouse that day, the DA tells Michael, you are being subpoenaed to testify against Christine Barnett. No, you don't have a choice. There is a, I forget the exact name, but when you're, when you're married to somebody, you have some like exemption, like you don't have to testify against them unless there's children involved. He's like happy for like a second, but then <laughs> they're like, yeah, but here you go. Here's Aaron. your fucking paper. Well, while you're here, <laughs> you've been served. He gets out. He's all dramatic. He's in the car. They go back and they proceed to finish up the interview and the series back at Mr. Burnett's house. We get another character at this point, right at the end of the fucking video. And he's made a little cameo earlier in the season and earlier in the episode. And he is another little person. And he has been, for his words, in the country music scene for a while. And he's pretty well known. And his name's Freddie Gill. Yes. Freddie Gill has entered the chat. During this entire discovery process, Christine's trial coming up, they have found messages from Christine to Freddie Gill. Christine reached out to Freddie Gill to ask for advice on her new adopted daughter who may be having the same type of conditions that maybe this, this man can help shed some light on things that Christine can do to help this child, which also kind of plays into Christine doing that to try to fix Natalia. That's the original contact and it's over Instagram or Facebook or something like that. Christine reaches out to Freddie Gill how can you help me with my child who is also a little person, etc.? That ex escalates to sexual messages to entice Freddie Gill. They are sexting. Like they have a whole, there's some nudes. He's, and he's on his phone. He's like showing the shit it's straight up right there. Freddie Gill is not, not lying. He's not um, playing around. He's not playing around. <laughs> the last scene of this season, they get back to Michael Barnett's house. He's been exonerated and they hand him a laptop and it's Freddie Gill sitting there. Michael Barnett says, I don't care what anybody in the world, what Christine has said about me to anybody. And none of this means anything to me. So I don't need to hear it. 
And then he goes, how many pieces do you want this laptop to be broken into? And they're like, Michael, don't do that. But do you want to hear the message? And they press play. It's Freddie Gill talking about what Christine said Michael was doing to Natalia. Cut, end scene, end of the season. That's all we know. Well, we see Michael get in a rage and say, I'm done. Mike's off. We're fucking done. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but that's all we hear from Freddie Gill's testimony. Woo. Until season two, to yeah. be continued. Had me so twisted, so disgusted, so fucked up. So many characters. The craziest shit. They go into this more in season two, but this will kind of be the cliffhanger and where we'll end as well. After Christine was talking to Freddie Gill about their sexual stuff she starts trying to set freddie gill a grown-ass adult man yes, old with, man yeah up with natalia mm -hmm. she's the literal scum of the fucking earth the fact that she's mother of the year or some shit disgusting and i think she needs to be in jail for the rest of her entire life she's abused and manipulated every single person around her even her son jacob and God only knows what she's done to these other children who we have not heard. But and who's I, been away for this how long now? I am just, I need Christine's side. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, but I'm just fucking curious because we've had Michael's, we now have Natalia's. I need Christine or I need to at least hear this shit in court. Yeah. She's going to try to weasel her way out of this because that's what she does. She's manipulated, abused, and mistreated every single person in her life to get what she wants. And I doubt it'll stop. The season ends with Michael getting mad at Freddie Gill saying that Michael had inappropriate relations with Natalia. And that is coming directly from Christine to Freddie Gill. I have some sort of soft spot maybe for Michael or maybe more of an understanding of how he let this woman do these these things um, and why he was so much of like a sissy for lack of a profane word. I need to rewatch season two and take notes. Yeah. Another whole ass thing. We find out so many more things. So many bombshells come out from Natalia, things that have happened to her and watching Michael and Natalia sit down together, the dynamic, and then we talk about the man's family a little bit. And then we're going to be ready for season three of Natalia Grace. Because mm -hmm. they ended season two on a nice little cliffy hanger too. They sure did. We'll be sure to cover that. For today, that's all we got. That's season one. Watch season two and join us next week for that. And scale of suspicion, I I'm sticking with a five out of five. Like that's not going to change throughout this whole thing. Even in the season two, like it's just, it's a five out of five. Yeah. I think it's a five out of five for me too. Like throughout the whole thing as well. I don't think I have sympathy for Michael, but I think I have empathy. Cause like you said, I can like understand why in a sense, but at the same time, I don't feel bad for him. Right. Because he had plenty of opportunity to walk away from the situation, get Natalia help. There's just so many things that he could have done that he just didn't. Maybe these are all excuses from Michael Barnett. Like we have the proof. We don't of, even know if he's. Yeah. Right. Taking Michael's word for it. I just, you know, he's a five out of five on the sus meter for me. Like, I can't believe a word that he says with that. Any final thoughts? 
Yeah, some of the stuff about Christine and the Facebook messages. I kind of forgot that stuff. And then the text messages with the doctors too. Yeah. The doctor with Dr. Payne Manning McLaren. So yes. The third. The third. For me, the biggest one that stood out was Christine using the other children to also abuse Natalia, which really just made me sick because you could tell that like Jacob has a lot of guilt or shame he's not very emotional when he reacts but i feel like from my what i watched in his body language he does feel guilt shame and remorse for the things that he did so not only was christine hurting natalia by proxy through her kids she was also hurting her kids because now they have to live with those memories and it's just all around disgusting and sad that was the biggest one that stood out to me. Five out of five on the susmeter. Staying that way, alarm bells have not stopped ringing. And we'll be back in a week with part one of season two of Natalia Grace, the story that never ends. <laughs> Crazy. Thanks for being here. Thank you.